Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guests this week are one half of the Naughty's most successful boy bands who formed 22 years ago at the turn of the millennium. Their rise to fame was stratospheric with their debut album and single both entering the charts at number one, setting them up for a further 15 hit singles, three number one albums. In fact, they went on to sell more than 15 million records in total, recorded with Sir Elton John and Stevie Wonder and toured the world before hitting the pause button for the first of many times in 2005. In fact, they reformed so many times I practically lost count. I am not Carol Vorderman. They even represented the UK at the 2011 Eurovision Song Contest, finishing in a very respectable 11th place. In the years since, they've all followed their own solo projects from West End shows to standalone albums. But now, in 2022, they're back on the road with a big birthday to celebrate and a brand new album out in September. It's their 20th anniversary tour kicking off this December. I'm thrilled to have half of them with me today. So let's dive in. It's Duncan James and Anthony Costa in the studio face to face. How are you? How are you doing, Kate? Good, how are you? Yeah, I like that word stratospheric. It's, it's a big word. That was a big word that. You say it before you drink the wine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> try saying it after the free glasses. <laughs> let's all close the show with a stratospheric <laughs> closing number at the end of it. Well, how are you both? We're good. Yeah, just enjoying life. It's nice to get a a second bite of the cherry, or as you said, our probably 16th bite of the cherry. I think you've probably been through a whole punnet at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's our proper one, because it's our proper comeback. I mean, obviously, we planned to do something in 2020, obviously, with what happened with the pandemic. So we mm. put things on hold, and then 
obviously we're here and we're, we're looking forward to it and we can't wait to, to get back out there again. And there is a lot of love out there. You've done some huge shows and I think even you were probably quite surprised were you not when especially when you're taking on some of the festival shows that uh, have, have been happening this summer to see how much love there is for blue and how many people know the words to all the songs oh it's mad we did the mighty hoopla festival which was just insane and it was funny because we were all backstage getting ready and we got anastasia in the dressing room next to you and then there was natalie and brilliant the one next door and then steps were across the road and it felt like oh this is nice it's like back in the day how yeah, it used to be changed. with everybody in a park and then literally we walk up to to get onto the stage and we walk out and honestly it it was like we were all rabbits and headlights because there was just thousands and thousands and thousands of people crammed into Brockwell Park. And I kid you not, everybody was just singing every single word to our song. And it was the weirdest comeback gig. Oh, it was amazing. First time we'd done a gig like that in, in years. And yeah. it was just like, I think it took us a few minutes to just figure out what was going on. A, what was going on, B, who's doing the dance moves, and C, <laughs> if we're singing the right words. Yeah, which is probably, with me, not knowing any of the not words. Not really great dance. I always forget the words. It's, it's an age thing. You forget the words. I forget oh, things. Kate, honestly, we're doing a gig, and it's like, I don't know, one love, he's like... I will do a little shimmy he'll over go, to Andy. He'll go, he'll go. Like, What's the words? What's the words? What's the first line? What's the first line? What is the first line? Let's try. It's kind of funny. <laughs> How life can change. That's Simon. Oh, yeah, Simon. Here we go. Oh, know. you can see? That's rubbish. I'm, I'm You're having a menopause. Late at night, I'm still wide awake. That's oh, that's it. the one, man. <laughs> I remember this true story. We were, I think it was like the equivalent of the, the Italian National Lottery show. Uh, or was it Spain? One, some, one of them. <laughs> I remember, Italian. except I don't. Uh, we were stood there <laughs> and we were singing our song and it got to my verse. And I just, you know when you get a, a, just a mind blank? And I kid you not, the camera's on, it was live television. So I thought, well, I better sing something because there was nothing in my head. I was like, I don't have a clue what I'm singing. So I kind of went into some, I don't know what language I was singing. Was but it, it definitely It was breathe easy. But it was very, it was some, some language that I went into that I've never spoken before in my life. <laughs> and all the boys just look across to me and they just, I just got this and I'm like, <laughs> and was like, what are you singing? I was like, I actually don't know. <laughs> Can you remember that? Literally yeah. busking. And I couldn't help you because we had four mic stands. And you, and just all, yeah, but you were just end. all laughing at me. I was like, how can you not? How can you <laughs> not? Like, <laughs> like, it's the funniest thing. This is what we do in Blue. We're really Dunk, unprofessional. Dunk He's like, like, point out who's done something wrong. Just point and laugh <laughs> at him. It was just like the camera's in. He's going... <laughs> and he's just doing his blue steel, trying to trying oh, to I was style it trying out. Trying to sell it, Kate. I was like, sell it, sell it, babe. Well, what wine are we drinking, by the way? Uh, this is a very nice Chablis. Oh, I love mm -hmm. a Chablis. I love a Chablis. My mum loves a Chablis. We had a lovely bottle the other day. She got me into Chablis, my mother. It's nice. Yeah. We were just talking before we came onto set, as we are today. Um, I remember running into you and your mum in a car park in Los Angeles. It's got to be. 15 years ago, wow. I was with, I'd just been for dinner with my friend Craig, who is Craig Logan, who was one third of Bross, who has now signed you for your comeback to his own record label. He's our boss. He's your boss. Yeah, crazy. Do you know, I was out in LA and um, we're good mates. Do you know Danny Bear as well, don't you? Yes, yeah. Danny's been on White One Question Time. Yeah. Her episode is available in our back catalogue. You sounded like her then. <laughs> it was like your Danny Bear. She's impression. the real life selling sunset, isn't she? Yeah, she is. So yeah. I'm good mates with her as well. And I was probably out there chilling out with Danny, um, who's done incredibly well for herself, isn't she? She's been out there for years now. But actually, that I mean, we're, if we're really going to go back wow. through the archives, I'd like to claim a little bit of some responsibility for what became Blue. Yeah, completely. It's down to you. 
I, I was working for this morning, right? So there was myself, Claudia Winkleman, we were doing kind of like the entertainments coverage. And there was the first of its iteration, Pop Stars, or pop, one of the shows had just come on. And I went in and said to my editor, I think we should do a, a search for a boy band on this morning. And I know this guy, like, I, I can bring a couple of judges in and we can do it live on the show. And so we put out a trail for people to audition. And I brought in to judge alongside me an unknown A&R man called Simon Cowell, who'd never been on the telly. Happy bloke. He was furious on the day, wasn't he? Oh. Miserable as sin. And we staged these open auditions. And it was like the, the stage was no bigger than a, probably a flat screen TV in, in today's age. And these guys were jumping up on the stage and we had to give them feedback. And I remember Karen Keating who was hosting saying, what is it that you're looking for today? And I said, I turned to Simon and I said, what we're looking for is the X Factor. Yeah, wow. How did funny is that, right? So up pops a kind of plethora of young hopefuls. Amongst them, the guys that went on to make up the This Morning Boy Band were Lisa Scott Lee's two brothers, wow. the Scott Lees. Yeah, Will Young. Will Young, who then went on to win Pop Idol. Anthony. No, and I wasn't in it. You weren't in it? No. Lee I, I, made it. Yeah, Lee, Lee made it, yeah. Lee and Ryan Richard, made it. A guy called Richard Knight, who we met, who became Blue first, wasn't it? Richard Knight was in yeah, it. So was. at this audition... Sorry. And you met Lee. Yeah. But at this audition, for some reason, he gets up on stage and I go, hi, what's your name? And he goes... I, my, my name's Michael. <laughs> because what it, what it was, I thought, do you know what, sod it, I'm going to change my name just for a laugh. And every audition I went to, I got down to last two and then I got into a band and it didn't work. And then, do you, don't you know the story? No. He, he probably does, he can't remember. Is it because you're a no. George Michael fan? No, it was nothing to do with that. I just thought, I like the name Michael, because, yeah, it's, like, cool. <laughs> don't know why. Because of George. Because of George. And um, I thought, do you know what, I'm just going to sod it, I'm just going to do it. And my mum went, just do it, what have you got to lose? What, are they going to like you or not like you? And then it, I got in to the live shows. <laughs> and I remember backstage going, uh, can we have Michael to come in? And I'm sitting there, like, talking to Leroy backstage and Will Young, and we're like, yeah, uh, Michael, we're... It's me. And, it, <laughs> and I couldn't tell Lee. So every time Lee used to call me, he's like, yeah, what's happening, Mike? How you doing? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. So you thought your name was Michael yeah, for years? for about six that months. Is, I never knew that story. Yeah. yeah. You learn something new every day, don't you? And I've known you for 22 years and I didn't know oh, that. Well, we have told you. But as well as the as we <laughs> we ascertained, you'll leave here today and forget it. So. Yes, <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, Pop's favourite goldfish. But, so, yeah, it's funny you said it. So you basically made us meet Lee, and I, I, I clicked with Lee straight away. And obviously Richard Knight, who, when that band disbanded, Lee and Richard became really good friends, and we formed Blue, didn't we? Me, you, uh, Lee and Rich. And Spencer. And the guy called Spencer. Yeah. So there was five of us originally, and then two, Richard and Spencer, got... Uh, kicked out um i think it was richard's 21st birthday wasn't the it day that's we hard to sign our record on the day yeah he got kicked out by who by, by hugh <laughs> hugh goldsmith <laughs> yeah. was it the right call it was it was the right call. oh it was, yeah it was the right call because obviously now we it's in the we hindsight isn't it we then got simon then we got simon came. webb yeah. and yeah. simon webb was lee ryan's flatmate yeah mm. So first of all, when we when we went on an audition to try to find a new member, we got Simon in, and I think the record company they they felt he looked a bit too gay, was what the words were. Can you remember they can were you, like? Can you imagine that people would talk like that then? Yeah. And that was and people would go, "Oh, this, sorry." He had this weird hairstyle, didn't he? Like he had this like, weird like, you know, like he had like a fringe, dark but, and lovely. Like, but, like but what's wrong with looking a bit gay? No, I, I don't know. He was a very pretty boy, Simon. He was very pretty because he was a model, and he had this weird kind of like fringe. 
hairstyle thing. Um, and he was just a very, very pretty boy. And they just thought he was too pretty. It was like, he looks too feminine. He's too, too gay looking, wasn't he? And it was like, he, he, they weren't interested in him at first, but we kept going, no, you've got to see him. He's great, he's great, he's great. And then I remember the record company said- I was said, last one to meet him. They though. said to him, go and cut your hair. So then he came back with a skinhead and it changed everything. They were like, oh, oh. He came and he and got the vest, didn't he? He had a tank top on, he had his muscles showing, he had a skinhead, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, we love him, because they got his hair cut. It's Do you know what, Shane Phelan had the same experience. Simon Cowell asked, insisted that Louis Walsh kicked him out of the band because he didn't think he had what it took. And Louis believed in Shane, so dyed his hair blonde and kept him in. <laughs> Is that a true story? A true... Wow. Again, available on a previous episode of Why One Question Time. No yeah. way. Yeah. But you must have God, seen the 90s were shallow, weren't they? It was. But listen, no. all of this kind of takes me really nicely to my first question for you. So are you ready? Okay, go. A sip of wine first. Yes. It's lovely the, shabbly. It's cheers. A, cheers. 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 I think what we've established is, is that sometimes while you're busy making plans or desperately trying to work to a plan, life happens for you. And some things are just meant to be. Like you turning up and pretending to be called Michael at an audition where you met Lee and then Lee is sharing a flat with Simon Webb. Yeah. And, and there, there you go. Dunk, being mates from 16 years old. Exactly, yeah. right? It's all kind of meant to be. Can you think of other times in life where fate has intervened, be it a situation, a person that's come into your world that was clearly meant to be, yeah. but you just hadn't planned? Yeah. Go on. Um, I was, I was a young boy. I was young. I was six or seven years old, and I saw my first ever pantomime at the London Palladium. And in that Palladium was Barbara Windsor, Rod Hull and Emu, Cannon and Ball. <laughs> no, like like proper old school. Love that. But there was a young girl. Entertainment royalty. Yeah. There was a young girl who was in the pantomime, and her name was Adele Silver. F fast forward twenty. Five years later, 20 years later, she ended up being my girlfriend. Ah. Uh, uh, that, you know, back in the day. And Adele was your first big love, yeah? Yeah, yeah, back in the day, yeah, because I remember driving past um, the Palladium and I didn't know. I said, oh, my first ever pantomime was there, it was, but it was Babes in the Wood. And she was like, I was in that. And it was like, just random, wow. isn't it? Yeah. That is you, mad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you were... You were you were knocking on showbiz's door from a very early I age, was, weren't you? Kate, yeah. So actually, by the time you turned yourself into Michael, you were <laughs> something of a veteran. Jill. I was in Grain Jill, I was everything. You really were, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always grafted. It's hilarious. It yeah. is, isn't it? It's mad. I've got a bit of a similar story, actually, with Claire, who became the mother of my child. Okay, yeah. So before I was in Blue, I was in a boy band called Volume 5, which sounded like a hairspray. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Volume so 5. we got this random one-off Why gig. five? Why not ten? I know, because it was five of us. Oh, right, okay. Volume 5. We got invited on a television programme. It was the first TV I've ever done. It was called The Time, The Place with John Stapleton. I remember oh, God. That, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? Like an early version of Kilroy, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. And we were asked to be in the audience as a boy band, up-and-coming boy band, and on the stage performing was the Spiced Girls, right. which was the UK's number one tribute act to the Spice Girls. And me and the boys got to watch them perform. And it was really uncanny, actually. They looked just like the Spice Girls. Right. And after the show, we all kind of, after the, you know, in the studio, we all started talking to one another. And we all arranged to go out with the girls that night. And we, I was staying in Totteridge at Ziggy Lichman's house. And we all arranged to go out and have a night out, go for, go for some drinks with the girls. Cut a long story short, 
Claire, who was Posh Spice in the Spiced Girls, <laughs> ended up becoming the mother of my child. Who is now how old? My daughter's now 17. It's mad, And it? an amazing, young, aspiring ballerina. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And actually, me and Claire dated for about a year. I mean, I was like 18 at this time. Um, but always stayed in contact. And then when I was 25 years old, we met up randomly. I was doing a gig in Manchester with the boys. We had a few drinks, you know, and had a bit of a fun time together. And three months later, I get a phone call saying, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was just going through the whole, am I gay? Am I straight? Am I bi? I didn't know what was going on with me. And then all of a sudden, I get a phone call saying, you're going to be a dad. Wow. wow. So literally, if I'd not have met Claire all those years ago, on the time, the place with John Stapleton. When she was a spiced girl's when posh, she was a spiced posh spice. Girl, I would not have had my beautiful daughter. Oh. Man, so it? that is really goes to show there is a time and a place. Thanks <laughs> to John Stapleton. Cheers, John. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that mad? Wow. So that answers your question. Wow. Yeah, mad, right? And because you wouldn't change that for the world, right? Never, of course not. And I might not had a kid if it wasn't for Claire. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of my journey coming out as gay. So that might have never been a possibility for me. Wow. Yeah. So that's really significant. Yeah. So the, the, the gods aligned something up for me to have a child, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely believe that. And do you remember when Dunk told you that he was going to become a dad? Yeah, we was doing a gig and my daughter had just been born. So she was about eight months old. Mm. So you have three kids, right? Yeah, yeah, that I know of. Um, and, no, I'm joking. Uh, I remember Dunk, we was doing a gig backstage. It was a summer gig and he went, boys, I've got something to tell you. And we was like, well, you're leaving the band, aren't you, mate? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be a daddy. We were like, oh, my God, amazing news. But this was before Dunk had come out to us properly, do you know what I mean? And um, we knew not. We were just happy that he was going to be a dad. And, uh, yeah, it was mad. Yeah. And, and how long after that did you come out to the band? Well, that was that was the catalyst that started it, because I remember when Claire told me, I was in Ayanapa at the time when I got the phone call. And I was with my mates on a holiday, and I was, uh, it was probably the most sobering phone call I've ever had in my life. So basically, cut a long story short, I get the phone call from Claire saying that she was going to be... Um, she was, she was going to keep this child. And I remember saying to her, right, I think I'm gay. And I need you to know before you make this decision. She said, it doesn't matter. I've always felt that you are a little bit gay anyway. I've known you for years. It doesn't surprise me. I've known you really well. I'm not I'm not going to, you know, not have this child. And wow. would you like to be in its life or not? And I was like, of course I want to be in its life. I didn't even that. know if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't know anything about my daughter then. I just knew I was going to have a baby. And the crazy thing was, I went and saw a clairvoyant who I got recommended by randomly. Greg Rosetsky's wife, Lucy, told me to go and see <laughs> this clairvoyant. So it's just a random question. It's just so random. And I went down to, um, to see this, this clairvoyant and she said to me, you're going to have a child next year and it's going to be a little girl. And I was thinking to myself, no chance that is not going to happen because i knew in my head i was obviously secretly secretly gay and um cut a long story short i ended up having a daughter the following year like the clever wow. predicted so really the first person that you came out to was the mother of your daughter she before person, she yeah. had even decided well before you'd even committed to going on this journey together yeah i mean listen i i was really confused and looking back now i mean I, I, it was it was never even a question really i was always going to have my daughter but yeah so i didn't even realize at the time you know i i i, I didn't even know my own self so everything was just so confusing we were in the the, the height of blue um and it was just a everything was a real blur back then wasn't it it was mad Literally, yeah. um and then of course I, I knew that i was i had a secret boyfriend 
I knew that I was I was gay. None of us knew. But I didn't tell Did anybody. You know? And then of course I get I find out I'm gonna be a dad. So it was just like, hang on a minute, whoa, I need to tell this girl everything before, you know, she makes the decision. I have to be honest with her. And that was just my own guilt. It was like I need to to be honest. So I just went blurted it out. And then it was like, Oh my god, I've told somebody. Yeah, it was wow. like that was that was the catalyst of me then telling my mum. Because once you've said it out loud. Yeah. It's, it's the genie's out of the bottle, right? It was true. And but that was the genie out of the bottle. coming out, being completely honest straight away. I had to be honest. No, no, no. Fair be. play, mate. You bring in a life into the world. I remember you, you telling know? me, and I was I was going on a date with some bird, like some girl, and I was like, Dunks phoned me. It's like nine o'clock at night. He's like, uh, Cost, I just want to tell you that, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, brilliant. Well, fair play, man, well done. And I couldn't. I'm not saying I couldn't enjoy my night because all I was thinking was if he's gonna, if Dunk's gonna be all right. But this girl I was with, like chatting, having a drink, she's like, "Yeah, it's time, you know." And then, and then, and I'm like, all I'm thinking is, I "Hope Dunk's gonna be all right. I hope Dunk's gonna be all right." I, I've got, and I had to leave. I sort of said, "I've got to go. I've got to go home." And I left early that day, and I tried to phone you back, and he, his Dunk's phone was off. I was like, "Oh man, I'll, you know, just have a chat, see if you're all right." And it wasn't, it, you know, it's it's know not even a big deal. Big, big it's deal. not even a big deal nowadays. But going back, mean? 17 but it was at that years, time. It, it was, was a big deal. It's only 2008. Stephen Gately got outed by the News of the World, and I just was, you know, the boy living band in member. fear. I was living in fear, and I was so scared, so scared. Is the, what is? The, I've always sorry, Kate. Sorry, no, go on, go on. I've always wondered what is the scary thing of being outed. What is that? <sighs> Do, 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 do you know what I mean? I think the belief was back in the day that but people will stop buying your records. You have to be fanciable exactly. to young yeah. teenage girls because was, that's your fan base, yeah. which is insulting to everybody involved in that conversation, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's that uh, thing of, oh, there I'm was, scared of being out. Yeah, it's like, but there was a massive pressure on us by a record label, you know, who put a lot of money behind Blue. Your fan base is predominantly women, so you need to not have a girlfriend. Can you remember, like, Lee was dating one of the kittens? It was like, Liz, you yeah. can't date her. You can't be seen to be dating her because it's going to affect record sales. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you can't have girlfriends. You've got to be seen to be accessible, and you definitely cannot be gay. So all those things, it's just like, oh, gosh, you know? I, I think I was selfishly gutted that Dunk didn't open up to me first, uh -huh. only because I'd known him the longest. Out of the boys, you know, I don't know who he came out to first, I don't know. But, to, but in my head, I was like, why couldn't he tell me last week or a month ago or f three years ago? You know, it, had, it, was, it was, I remember it was a Saturday night and I was with a, taking a girl out for a date. And I just felt like, and I remember, you know, there's no, no disrespect to you, Doug, but you sort of said it so quick. And I didn't have time to digest everything. You sort of went, so and so and so and so, yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm gay and, and I'm going to do this under that. Well, I'll speak to you later, bro. And I just thought, you don't. I uh, said you don't. I thought you don't do that to a your bandmate or a close, who I consider a, a close friend. And you know, it, it upset me because I thought, why couldn't he have sat me down or sat all the boys down and go, blame you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not saying it's a big deal, but you think to yourself. Mm. Why couldn't you done that? It's the pressure of that. It's actually confronting people face to face, isn't it? When you've got that, you've been hiding that secret for so long. It's like you feel you feel shameful. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just Do you know saying. what I mean? You, and it's yeah. weird because I look back now and I think, why, why did I, why did I have all those emotions? Why was it such a big deal? Why was I carrying this great big rod on my back? And I look back now and I think, how stupid I was. Do you know? Well, what I mean? in business terms, what they were saying to you is, we've invested probably well over a couple of million quid into Blue before. They'd even started to see a return on their investment. Um, you have Shit, to appeal. Matter, 
it, because it's business, right? This is this was this is the business case, I suppose. Yeah. And then he comes to you. Duncan has to come to you and say, by the way, guys, you know, I'm about to put a dent in the business. In, in as much as that's what I've been told is that you can't, you know. Yeah. Boy band members aren't gay. They're not allowed to have girlfriends. And if you are, you've got to keep it quiet. So the business case was this could be bad for business. Yeah. And you feel that weight of responsibility because you're responsible for their livelihood and vice versa. Yeah. And I think that was why I was. I, don't, I, I can't. I can't. That was why see I was. That. That's why no? I was really frightened to talk to any of you lot. I was so. Did you scared. feel that, Dunk? Did a you feel that that way? No, massively. I, I just felt really frightened to be able to tell them, especially because I didn't know how they were going to react. Were they going to go and tell the record label? Were they going to tell management? Was it going to get out in the press? I just had in my head, I need to keep this really quiet. Nobody can know about this. Mm, you were kind of catastrophizing it. The worst case scenarios. Yeah. And then when it when it happened, when I did my story and I came out, it was actually. It was like the biggest relief. And actually, I look back now and I just think, why was I carrying that rod for so many years? And I look back now and I wish I had the opportunity to come I wish you did. a lot younger. A, a, and a not lot care. younger, but B, talk to, like, talk to your mates, your, your, your business partners, as you just rightly said. Yeah, but it's hard. It was hard. Because... You know, you're both, right? You're business partners and friends, and that's very well, blurred. I, I, you know, the whole, oh, you might tell, I wouldn't give a shit. Excuse my friend. Yeah, but now I, I know. I, I, but it's, I wouldn't it's easy care. saying that, that, uh, that now. Yeah, but it? it doesn't. But, but I know what you're saying. But I think as your supposedly brothers, mm. you know, I'm not saying I'm not. Listen, the way the way you've done it is that's down to you. That's your prerogative. That's that's your that's your livelihood, and no one wants to take that away from you. But f for me, as your mate. To receive a call at like 10 o'clock at night, and I keep going on about it, but it did affect me because I thought, oh, am I the last one to know? Because as Dunk gone through, like. No, Lee was the last one to know, <laughs> not you. No, 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 but you know what I mean? It, like, yeah, to yeah. receive a call at that late at night, and you think, oh, he must have spoke to Cy first, Lee, and then obviously I'm the last one to know. No, that, but and, that's but, 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 but that, but, but you can't help but think that, bro, do right. you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So Lee was the last to know. Lee was very confused by it, wasn't he? Lee was the saying, last but night. you've had loads of girlfriends. I it, don't understand. Yeah, I mean, look, I I just thought Lee had the biggest mouth in the bands, and I just thought I can't trust him <laughs> out of everybody because I don't know what he's going to go around. You know, he's going to run and tell people. Yeah. So I was I was really frightened. Actually, the first person I came out to was Simon, which is weird because mm. you're the last. Do you know what I mean? Because well, let, let's just so for context, you two were friends before you were bandmates. I know right? Dunks yeah. since I was sixteen. So, so your, your friends first, colleagues second. Hundred percent. Yeah. And that's like, that's what's probably hurting your feelings. Th at the this moment, was yeah. ten years of friendship. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. It came out, just just to, just to explain why I, because I was so close to you. I felt it harder to yeah. open up to you because sometimes it's the closest people are the hardest people yeah. to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So with Simon, I I just knew that he was the one in the band that the voice of reason. You yeah. could tell Simon anything, and he was very very um, discreet about a lot of stuff. Si. and I just felt safest right. opening up to him Got first because I didn't I didn't feel that he was gonna. <clears throat> he wasn't gonna be a liability with your secret. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but also probably Duncan probably really cared about your response because of your friendship. Yeah, I did. So actually what you do with a piece of information like that is you test the waters first. Mm. And you did a good response from Claire, then you went to your mum, mm. then you went to Simon, yeah. you were building, okay, okay, I'm testing reactions. I was, I was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's, that's that all makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Madness, man. We've Madness, gone deep, haven't we? Oh, that was a bit deep. Right, I need a glass no, of wine. Let's top up. Um, right, we need a top up. No, I'm glad, I'm glad because I'm glad it's got off my chest because it's always affected me, Kate. Yeah. Like, I've always thought, Thank why you. me? Why have I... 
Why did he tell me last? Yeah, but that's just how you are, you know what I mean? But if I told the boys something and then obviously yourself last, you'd think the same, Jamie. Yeah. But there we go. Cheers, bro. Well, look, we've cleared some, we've cleared some hair. No, we've you've cleared the yeah, air. This is great. Good. Thank you. Ready for your next question? What's the next question? <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're looking back over 20 kind of glorious years yeah. in so many respects, but with a sort of, with, the, with an eye on greatest hits, there's, there's, there's two ways of looking at the, the last two decades. There's those moments of great highs, but the ones also of great lows. So I'm going to do hits. And then as my third question, misses, or we can do it whichever, you want whichever to order you want to do you first. Go, go. But I think there's lessons in all of them. So when it comes to your greatest hits as a band, not the songs, the moments, the memory bank, what sits in there as those standouts for you? I think personally is the fact that we got awarded with Best British Newcomer in 2002 at the Brit Awards. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? And I'll tell you for why, because we were seen as a pop band. Are we R&B? Are we pop? Are we this? And, and a couple of people that were on that stage that night didn't really believe in us. And I remember just seeing that person's face as, as he opened the, the envelope. And who, 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 what, who, somebody who was announcing it, was, it? It was Trev Nelson, wasn't it? And obviously, listen, Trev Nelson's a legend in the DJ world. But I feel like he didn't... I don't know, maybe it was just me, paranoid again, didn't really respect what we were doing and what we had done. So that's you'd, only, you'd only been a year on the scene. A year. So it was all like, you know, we got, yeah, all rises, all right, look at their stupid dance routines and things like that. <laughs> but when you win that British newcomer, none of us knew. We just got invited as a, as a jolly, wasn't it? And, um, yeah, the reaction that you saw was like emotion of this hard work and you know over the years getting told no being let down and getting that elation with with my mates and jumping on each other and having a good time 
that's that's you can't buy that realness. That must have been a euphoric moment. Unbelievable. Especially for the kid that started in Panto at six and you yeah. know, changed his name to Michael. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? It's, it's all them things that go through your head going, I've worked so hard for this. Not myself. With the boys. We've, you know, in different bands, we've been knocked back. We've been promised the world. And now we've found each other. And, and it's just gone mental. Yeah, that's nice. And I bet you can still smell the room that night and feel the feels when you hear that envelope open and yeah. they say, it's blue. Yeah, it was yeah, amazing. Sure. It was an amazing feeling because none of it, the record company didn't tell us that we'd won. They they knew, Yeah, kept it really quiet. Well, they have an just... idea. They get a steer, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was amazing. For me, uh, do you know, I know we talk about it a lot, but um, working with Elton, I think for me, was such a huge thing because... I started off my career at 18 years old as a male vocalist for a holiday site called Haven Holidays. Did you? I was a Haven mate, yeah. Jill, that's a brilliant training ground. Did it for Amazing. two years. So I started off in a little site in West Bay in Bridport, and then I moved up to Harcourt Sands in the Isle of Wight and then Milrithe in Portsmouth. And because I was like the singer, I was booked as this the singer of the of the Haven mates. I didn't have to do all the, the shitty jobs. I got didn't to do, have like, to do all the jollying and the, the no, kids along. I got and... to do a bit more cooler stuff. But but one of my jobs was to run the karaoke nights. And, you know, you've got to have a couple of songs in your arsenal because you're going to be able to get up and sing karaoke songs. So one of my songs that I always used to sing was Elton John, your song. So going from being 18-year-old Redcoat, effectively, singing your song to the, to, the, to the punters at the holiday camp, to actually then fast forward four years later to be actually singing with Elton John. It's only four years later. Yeah, having a number one hit with wow. him around the world. That for me was, I can't believe this is happening. Going from singing his stuff in a karaoke and then actually That's going sing, mental, singing with him and being in a music, that for me was like, Yeah, you know, when you see your yourself. name on the same call sheet for the video and you're like, me and Sir Elton John. No, it's so Wow. Weird. And it, what a lovely story is, he brought us all a little uh, Theo Fennell, uh, was it Theo Fennell? Theo Fennell gold necklace. Gold necklace, which my mum, bless her, she, and a letter, he wrote a little letter to us all with our names on saying, thanks for doing the song, it means a lot, love Elton. And uh, my mum framed it for me as a Christmas present. She put the, his, his letter in a framed um, box thing with the gold necklace and it's still hanging up in my, in my hallway. Oh. And it was so lovely. It's such a lovely memory. He's a, do you know what? He's a very nice man, Elton John. He's a but lovely man. But all his man. screaming and hissy fits, and I've I've seen those firsthand, and they're bloody brilliant. I think that he's a brilliant supporter of new talent. He is. He's great in a crisis, and he sweeps in and he nurses people back to 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 good mental health when they're having a hard time. And you hear a lot of of yeah. those stories across the years. And he's done so much for the LGBTQ plus community, yeah. for his AIDS foundation. I mean, you just think about the actual work that he's done. I mean, he lived during the 80s when the AIDS crisis was massive and he's gone out there as, as a pop star, as somebody who's made a career for himself and done something about it and helped so many people and so many lives. And for me, you know, being a gay man, I just take my hat off to him for everything that he's done in his career. And for me, getting an opportunity to work with him firsthand doing a song with him was just probably my biggest, happiest moment ever I that I will that. take to the grave. Yeah, that's a deathbed moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's proper. In the nice. Have you ever been starstruck, Kate? I've always wanted to ask you that. Me? Have you ever met someone that you thought? Yeah, George. Who? Michael. And me. George. And me. Really? But we became friends. He's even my though I tried wow. to resist his friendship. I've got to high five you on that, Kate. Oh, I love him. I was too scared to become his friend in case I made a show of myself. Love and him. actually, 
um, he was more magnificent than I could have ever hoped. Oh. Yeah, he was wonderful. He was amazing, wasn't he? Because mm. he, I, I met him inside Top of the Pops because my family and his family became really close. Like, we all from the same part of the world, right? Yeah, yeah, but Northwest London, yeah. yeah. But you're both Greek as well. And we're you? both half Greek. Yeah. And that's what he used to do. He used to ring me up and he'd go, hello, it's the singing Greek. Hi, it's the singing Greek. But I met him at Heart FM. You know, like, remember Heart FM? Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. the, um, like a, it was like a courtyard, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was, yeah. And I remember coming outside uh, for a cigarette and a cup of tea. And I was meeting Dale Winton there. <laughs> name drop, as much as I love him. And I see these paps, I'm thinking, who's the paps for? So as I've turned to go back inside, all I hear is, Anthony, hi. And I've turned. You sounded like him then. I know. <laughs> and he's standing there, glasses, suit, shoes. I was like, oh, hi, George. It's wonderful. And he went, there's my single man. Look after it. And he gave me his first single, uh, which was round, uh, round, round Here. He gave me the first single, yeah, from, well, obviously, 2007. Wow. Yeah. It's magical, isn't it? And he said to me, thank you so much for everything you say about me in interviews. Ah, yeah. Because it means a lot. Yeah. I, I, it's nice that I've helped but you know, people I, like I, yourself. I never wanted to become a friend of his. I just loved his music. And I never talked about him as a person. I talked about him as a musician. Mm. Because, I, I, you know, that those were the soundtracks to my years. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. God rest his soul. I still have his number in my phone. I can't bear to delete no, it. Oh, I love that, though. That's legendary. I can't bear to delete no. it. And never do. No, no. I won't. I won't. Never do. There we go. Wow. Love that. It's one of my big hits, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've talked about your biggest hit moments. Ready for question number three. Let's talk about the lessons that life has taught you. What do you consider to have been um, life slaps in the faces that were probably, in hindsight, a blessing in disguise? Oh, a blessing in disguise. Wow. wow. That's a really difficult question. That's a great question, question Kate. Yeah. Good. And I'm going to answer it in a minute. Have <laughs> <laughs> a little sip of wine first and just have a think, think about it. So, hold on. Life's lessons that have hit us in the face and gone thank goodness for that so but in hindsight so at the time you think you're, you're on your knees going oh my god i can't how am i going to get out of this space or what's happened how has it all gone so wrong but actually in hindsight it could be like you know like we've discussed on you know the moment claire rings you and you you're coming to terms with the fact that you are in fact gay and then suddenly you're going to become a dad but actually in hindsight it accelerated you coming out it yeah. forced you to be honest with yourself and others oh, and, of course and that was probably one of the greatest gifts life's ever served you it was and i think that's kind of answers that question but going to one of the lowest points in my life slightly changing your question mm. for me was actually losing a really good friend which was Tara um, oh, and she was one of my best mates and I didn't have many mates in the business as you know I, I, I kept myself quite private and Tara was that one person that I would speak to every single day day without failure you were so close for years you? and years and years so, Tara, to, for the listener T Tara is Tama Palmer Tomkinson yes. who was if, I mean the probably the closest thing to a sort of showbiz unicorn that I ever met she was really yeah. quite something she it, was know, a she, pocket rocket she I? really was she was beautifully nuts beautifully nuts is a great way of, descri of describing it I, I was very fortunate 
to have some great memories with Tara. We went on many, many holidays together, getting up to all sorts of crazy shenanigans. Um, just the most wildest memories I've got in my life ever of the craziest things that would happen, but absolutely like belly laughing. R cannot explain how funny and how bonkers and how brilliant she was. And actually losing her left such a void in my life because so many times now in my life, I just think, I just want to pick up the phone and ring her and, and slag somebody off or pick up the phone and just have a gossip with her about yeah. something. And and we would just talk for hours and hours and hours and hours about shit. And I miss that. I don't have anybody to do that with anymore. Yeah. And I miss that so much. And there's so many television programs that I see on TV nowadays that have come out, reality shows and stuff. And I look at it and I think, Tara would have been so brilliant in this. <laughs> and... Um, and I'm gutted she's no longer with us. It, it breaks my heart because she she was just a, a, an absolute joy and I, I really miss her terribly. And do you know what I loved about Tara is that initially she kind of was a bit of a joke. You know, people mm. scoffed at her. Oh, the posh, the posh girl with the, the column in the Sunday Times. She ended up winning the hearts of the nation. She did. And she had the last laugh in that respect because she, she was very, very loved. And we're horrible in this country in terms of um, being prejudiced against people who are from, you know. Privileged background, yeah. Yeah, we are. We, we, we feel a great sense of resentment, I yeah. think, as, you know, we don't celebrate it. No. It wasn't her fault that she was born into aristocracy. No. Or to money or into a private education. She was a lovely person, Tara. She there was. was no harm to be had with her. She had a lot of grievances with the press. I mean, they used to really go for her. And I bless her. I remember when she went to... William and Kate's wedding, she wore this gorgeous blue dress and she had a Philip Tracy hat and she was so excited about the wedding. And I remember the, being with her in her flat, showing me all the, the, the samples of the wedding dress before it got made, the Philip Tracy hat. And Philip was a very good friend of hers. And she was so excited. It was like the most excitable time. I mean, she was an excitable little bunny, but she was so excitable about the wedding. And then the next day, the press were just all about the hat pointing to her nose and it was all about her nose and she was just so devastated and so upset from it and I remember obviously being a friend you as a friend you listen to somebody you're there for them and you support them and you help them and everything and she was just she was just like heartbroken that the press was just so cruel about her appearance her appearance so by that stage I mean Tara really did win people's affections and People were rooting for her to get better. She had um, a real struggle with addictions. She hadn't looked after herself in certain times of her life, and it had left her. But had been very open her. about that. She had been open, and it left her with having to have some surgery to help rebuild her nose. But I don't think the surgeries had gone very well. They hadn't gone according to plan. Um, and cut a long story short, she um, she was very, very self-conscious about her appearance, very self-conscious about her nose. And she was trying to do everything to make it, you know, try to be normal. Mm. And going to the, the royal wedding, you know, was her way of, look at me, I'm on the red carpet of society at the royal wedding. And and it was just all became about her nose. And I think that really upset her. Um, and it took her away from the actual what she was there for and the mm. meaning of it because. And then she was feeling good about herself again. She was she feeling was like feeling life really was good. was back on a, you know, she was in a, on a good footing in life again. And it had been yeah. hard for her, hadn't it? It had been really hard. And people can be so cruel. I mean, we all know we've all been subject to cruelty online or by trolls or by 
the media and people can be fishist when they want to be and you know there's this whole thing of hashtag be kind but you know that goes out the window and people just want to pick a flaw in you or pick a hole in you and be like just come at you with daggers and it's just it can be really you've got to have tough skin in this business 100%. i'm sure we've all we've right. all had it haven't we so yeah big time yeah. Uh, coming on to what your dunk was saying i mean it's completely different but in 2005 when we sort of called it a day i i wouldn't say i went into a depression because i don't think i did i was i was lost kate I really get that. I think I that, lost my mates. Yeah, you uh, lost everything. You lost your itinerary, your reason for getting up every day. You know, and your being phone, told where to go, what to do. You're phoning a record company. Yeah, you're phoning a record company. All of a sudden, they're in meetings. You know, um, trying to find my mates like Dunk and Lee inside. They're all busy doing solo, and I was like, I was sitting at home, and I thought, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Like, I put all my life into Blue. I've put everything I've given. I'm not saying the boys didn't, but they had other things, and I thought. I've got to do something in my life. And the jungle, I'm a celebrity, saved me. I wouldn't say because oh, I went into depression, because I didn't, but it saved me because it gave me a, a thing of showing what I can do, being the personality that I've got, the cheeky chappy. And I remember driving to GMTV, you know, being driven in the morning because I was flying that night. And bearing in mind, we split in the, well, we called it a day in the July of 05. This is now the November. And I remember a certain DJ on Heart FM in the morning, they were, you know, they go through the papers, didn't they? Yeah. You know, oh, who's doing this? And oh, yeah, and they love to sound their own voice. And they sort of like, oh, who's in the jungle this year? Oh, we've got Sheree Murphy. We've got Atomic Kittens, Jenny Frost. We've got, um, what's, oh, the boy band, uh, um, the boy band has been Anthony Costa. And I'll never forget that. I thought, has been? I've only just finished five months ago. Like, a has-been is someone that's not been around for 30, 40, 20 years. But it's, it's never a nice thing to call and anybody at any point in their life. Well, of course not. But you, as at I, least you've I been, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I remember just going into yeah. that studio and thinking, Ow. Well, has-been, like, what have I got to talk about? Like, thing. So anyway, so the, the jungle did save me in that sense because it gave me a new lease of life. And from that... I went on to do my my first love, which is acting. Um, that you know, you've done undeniable. loads of stage work since yeah. then. Yeah, and I owe I owe my acting stage career so up to now to to Sir Bill Kenwright because he gave me my first opportunity. I remember my agent going. But if you hadn't done the jungle, the thing is, what the jungle will give you, as long as you don't balls it up, yeah. is the ability to sell tickets and put bums on seats. Yeah, and theatre producers will cast you, but only if you're good. They, listen, Bill, Bill came up with They're not, not going to give me. you a job if you can't not. carry it. You can't do it. Absolutely. Because you can't fake it every night. You can't. Eight it's shows eight a week. shows a week, yeah. And, and by the way, that includes matinees in case anyone's scratching their head at home going, there's only seven, Sorry, days, seven a days a week. <laughs> and I remember, I remember my agent going, yeah, but it's not great money. You know, three months ago you was earning this amount of thousands. I said, no. I said, I've got to stand up for myself. I want to do this job. Yeah, but it's not great. I said, I want to do this job because it's the best shop window I can ever do. Because you can or invite a director or a cast director. I'm only in town. I'm at the Phoenix Theatre. And then from that, it sort of went also, and went and went. you're going to work every day. And I think that's really good. 100%. Because otherwise, where are you going? Yeah, and where's your structure? Yeah. And as a, as a member of a band, you're structured, right? You're told what time your pickup is, where you're going, yeah. here's your itinerary. And when all of that goes and the phone stops ringing or people are in meetings when you yeah. call them, you are adrift. 
Hundred percent. I think it affected Anthony the worst because, and I mean, even to this day, we we take the mick out of him. We call him Rolex because he's honestly the the, the first person to arrive and uh, the first person to leave because he likes to get out of there. But he yeah, but is, he is yeah. He's yeah. always been um, wants to know the schedule, wants to know the diary. He turns up on well early. He's always an hour before everybody, and he's ready to do his job. Where a lot of us are. I mean, I have to speak about myself, you know, I'm a little bit more relaxed, I guess. I kind of, not that I want to be late, it's, not, it's never that I want to be late, but things just happen in the morning where I, I forget about the time. It's like, oh my God, my car's been waiting, I better get in the car, it's I'm 10 minutes late. And of course, then I get stuck in traffic, so then I arrive a little bit later. And I put my hand up because that's really bad, and I've learned over the years, you can't be like that. No, but you can't. No, I've always been... You get fired anywhere else. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But now as I'm, as I'm getting older, you know, it's like you, you can't be like that. But back in the day, Ant was the ultimate professional. And, and I think when everything started to disband, I think it affected him a lot yeah, worse than it, say, it did the others. <laughs> you've learned actually so much, Ant. And I think you've had the hardest lessons to learn when I look back. You know, you have. And, and actually, oh, God, when yeah, I look I've back at things... You, all the time. Exactly. And, I, and I, really, I really feel for you in that respect. But you've learned from it and you've become stronger because of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. The same with, you know, the business side of show business, right? You all come into it for the show, but you have to understand the business. It's show business, not show friends. Exactly. And you learned the hard way about business, but I bet, you're, bet you've got an eye on the line sheets now and you know the difference between net and gross. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't when you started. No. no. How did this, you learn? Not the hard way. Yeah. yeah. We learned the yeah. hard way. Yeah, yeah, we went bankrupt. Bankruptcy. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And it does. It teaches you so many lessons, valuable lessons in life. Mm. Now those... these are things that I can pass on to my daughter because I didn't have a clue when I was her <laughs> age or when I was starting off in blue. Yeah. But now I've got much more of an idea. I didn't have anyone to help me. So now, because of my failures, hopefully I can help her. Exactly. Completely. So you pass it down. Pass it down. Yeah. But I do think, you know, well, put it this way, you've not been declared bankrupt twice, have you? Exactly. So it taught you well. It taught you well. Yeah. As you go into this tour and the release of this new record, what does Blue 2022 look like? I guess, I think 2022 for Blue, for me, it's, it's having the opportunity to be back with the boys again, getting to travel the world again, and actually having a second chance to enjoy it. First time around, I... I couldn't enjoy everything because of the secrets that I was hiding and the rods that I was carrying. But this time around, I don't have any of that. So I'm just enjoying life, having a nice time, enjoying all the different opportunities that come my way. Being here with you today, it's lovely. Just trying so, to remember the words. Just trying to remember <laughs> the words. If you can't remember the words, they'll be written on my hand. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Anne? I think just just being given another opportunity and, and can't wait to, to get back out there and show people what Blue are about in terms of how far we've come musically. You know, this album has been two years in the making. And as I said, when we started talking today, we, we, we started to talk about this reunion tour in January 2020. Mm. So it feels like a long time coming now. Yeah. Um, but but I'm I bet really it's been excited. good for those two years to have that as... As, as a structure to work to. Yeah, because I think we've sort of, as a band, we've sat down, we, we talk all the time. We Not the same we didn't before, but I think now it's like, you know, Dunk, for instance, he loves a group phone call, which is, that's what he likes. He likes to get everything out in the open and go, right, boys, this is what's happening. Let's talk about this, let's talk about that, let's talk about that. And it's great because 20 years ago, Dunk wouldn't have done that. Would you not? 
No way. I, I, listen, I'm all about transparency now. I'm like, just if we've got somebody to say, say just say, say it, it to yeah. everybody. It's yeah, like, get it out. Don't, just get it out. It doesn't matter if you're going to offend somebody, just say it. And nowadays, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a big believer of if there's a problem going on with the group, I hate the... He said, the, 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 oh, do you know what? Yeah. I can't it, 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 it's, stand it. It's so unproductive, right? So annoying. So sometimes, I'm going to ring you, and then yeah. I'm going to ring you. I'm like, do you know what? All We're on gonna, one call. We'll all speak together. Yeah. Get it out in the open. Everyone can say their bit, and we move on. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and that's what we've become. I'm not saying we're, we're going to be, you know, businessmen of the year, but... We're taking it much more seriously now because yeah. there is other stuff that we all want to do. And also, I, life's I, too short. Life's too short. Too We're short. here for a, a good time, not a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I've got other things that I want to do. I, I want to go into property. I, w I want another sideline where I'm not thinking about what harmonies am I doing, you know, tomorrow. I've got, I can focus on that today. I can focus on that. And I think that's where my energy is going to be. Obviously, my. Obviously, I'm excited to be back with the boys. You can but do both. Why can't yeah, you do I, both? I'm 41 years old, Kate. I want my girls like Dunk. I want my girls to grow up and me to go, right, girls, you're 17, 18, uh, that's yours. Do what you want with it. And Because I never had it. Do you know what I mean? So I want to be able to do that for, for my kids. And that's lovely <laughs> that you've got that goal and you've got that focus, and, and that's something that drives you every day when you wake up. And yeah. that's something that we probably didn't have 20 years ago. And it's a much healthier driver than the original driver, which was, I want to be successful, I want yeah. to be famous, yeah. I need to be busy. Not interested in the fame. Couldn't no. give a monkeys. Mm. Don't care. But I bet you love walking on stage and singing One Love and watching the whole crowd yeah. sing it back yeah, to you. of course. That's the reason you should be doing it. Exactly, but as you said, that's our job. We're there to entertain. But also, that is also a drug that we always love because when you get on that stage and you're yeah. seeing everybody sing back the the serotonin levels that are going through your body it's at that moment is it's it's elation yeah. and it's it's stratospheric and i managed to say that on my third glass of wine well <laughs> <laughs> <There> you go <laughs> mic drop <laughs> bring it back uh, when when can people buy tickets and when can they download the album? Because obviously they don't go buy CDs anymore, no. although they they can, but, they can. you know. They can pre-order the album now. It's out September and tickets are on sale now. Just follow our Instagram, TikTok, um, website. Facebook, website, at Official Blue. Officialblue.com. And we're touring the UK in December, up and down the UK. We start off in Cardiff you know the on dates? the 4th of December. Hey! Which I'm really excited about. Remember something? And I know, right? <laughs> when do we end? <laughs> Uh, we end on the uh, 20 something. 20th. 20th. Well done. In Newcastle. Just in time Correct. for Christmas. Way a man. Way Great Christmas present. And actually, uh, we've got two songs out in a minute, Kate. One's called Haven't Found You Yet, which Mr. Costa wrote, which I have to take my hat off to him because I wish I'd wrote it, written it. It's a great song. It's a great and song. another song Thank called you. Dance With Me, which is a cover from the 90s band 112. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. You're thinking of dance, dance, dance. No, no it's not that one. Dance With Me from That's a great song. Great song. I see you looking at me. Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll go down well live. Yeah. But I can't wait to come and see Thanks, it. Thanks, Kate. How's it been having three glasses of wine and three thought-provoking questions? I've what? loved Honestly? it. I've absolutely loved it. And <laughs> thank you. Best therapy session Do I've ever had. <laughs> and it hasn't cost me 1,500 quid. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I would just like to say I, I'm very disappointed because I would like a fourth glass before I leave. And you can. The bottle's empty. There's always more bottles. Hey! Always more bottles. Can Thank you a, can, both. Can we try Sancerre next, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Really have loved having no, you No, thank, thank you, Kate. Kate. Thank you.
And if you want to hear more great chat with more incredible uh, music legends, why not head to our back catalogue where you can find episodes with Steps, Hanson, All Saints, Banana Rama, Sophie Ellis-Bexter, Charlene Spatiri, Gary Barlow, Ella Henderson, Skin from Skunk and Nancy, and so many more. My thanks to you as always for lending us your ears to Ben Robbins and the Yahoo Studios team who produced the show with me. Editing, as always, is by Andy Agson and our music comes courtesy of Andy Bell. Don't forget, you can check out his music with Oasis, Ride and his solo material wherever you get your music. I'll be back next Friday. Until then, thank you for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 